Welcome to this latest Swirl podcast. Part of our mission is raising awareness, creating opportunities through networking and signposting so that we can maximise the number of children that can access specialist swim sessions. Hi, welcome Nicole. It's lovely having you join us today. For our listeners, Nicole is a specialised autism swim instructor and we're delighted to have her here today to chat about all things swimming and inclusion. Nicole, when did you decide that swimming was the career for you? I started as a lifeguard at 16 and I just preferred teaching. For one, it's less boring and B, you see so much more results and the way that all the different teachers were teaching and their various styles and things like that, it just really tickled me, I guess, and wanted to get involved. So that's where I started and it's just on strength to strength from there. Not only are you a swim teacher though but you're the founder of your own successful swim school and that's got reach right across the Midlands isn't that right? Correct yeah. And you're also an autism swim approved centre with 11 staff that are all autism swim approved instructors. What difference are you able to make within the community with a team of 11 that are approved, prepared and ready to teach children with ASD and other abilities? Firstly, I'm incredibly lucky anyway to have a loyal and talented team of teachers. And the swim teachers in my team, they have their own like little style of teaching, little quirks like we all do. And being able to transfer that to the autism swim training and have such a range of learners with ASD, other abilities, comorbidity conditions that but with covering those 11 people, we can cover Um, a range of circumstances and needs that really benefits the um, community that we serve for our autism swim program. We often comment upon the positive sensory effects that water can have on some children diagnosed with ASD. What effects have you been able to witness firsthand? I think the answer to that one is very much a dual benefit so you gradually see that the parents also enjoy the half hour um, they can have a bit of respite and enjoy watching their children enjoying the water but then you can also equally tell with the swimmer when they feel more relaxed they're very trusting in their teacher and you tend to find pattern of the activities that they enjoy as well it often obviously takes some time for them to become accustomed to our lessons and environment but being able to share that journey and turn the apprehension into excitement is definitely positive. Swimming is a great sport for physical fitness but there really is something about being in the water that can feed into an overall sense of well-being. One of the key things that swimming can do is to give a child confidence and we see that especially in Henry with his swimming and the way that he you know he's developing and growing and he's really happy to go swimming. Have you got any real success stories where this has happened that you're able to share with us? So I've had one swimmer that's been with me probably 18 months now. And when he first joined us, he was very excited, but he also had a great fear about putting his face in. So getting him to go underwater and blow bubbles and things like that was quite challenging. Whereas like over the 18 months into today, he will swim a width or a length of a pool, eyes in, lovely, arms out the water, really nice stroke coming along. And to know that he's had that journey through us is not only rewarding for us, but also for the swimmer to alleviate that distress and anxiety, I guess, with facing the water. Would you say that it's gone from strength to strength with that swimmer because you've had a really good relationship with the parents? Yeah, it's definitely a combined effort between 
parent, swim teacher or business owner, whoever has the correspondence, and also the swimmer. The swimming teacher learns by discussion with the parents and the relationship building with the child what their little quirks are, what makes them happy, what makes them nervous or sad and things like that. So through that consistency and time, that's certainly the best pattern to get the best results and ultimately having patience and understanding that some things they will pick up quicker than others. And it's using those methods that they may use at home or at school or with other physicians that um, that, that really um, helps having that communication channel. What would you say to parents who, after such a long break this year due to the pandemic, are coming back and feeling like their children have gone backwards with their swimming? What advice could you offer or reassurance could you offer to those parents out there? The first thing is the fact that they've actually acknowledged that there's going to be a change. You know, even with a couple of weeks off for, for a holiday, you know, children can lose a bit of routine and things like that it's just really important to maintain positivity rather than saying oh you know back then you were doing this and that xyz it's really important to say you've done really well today well done what are you looking forward to most what did you enjoy most keeping that interaction with their children and interest and also creating routines so if they watch their sibling or you know, they just go on their own and they have the same teacher and, you know, reiterating, you know, that pattern really, either through social stories or conversations throughout the week and creating the familiarity and trying to get them to reflect on what they've done before, but also how you can help them moving forward. It's like looking back and realising what you could do before and that the hard work that you're putting in now and the small wins that you're seeing will get you back to that point again. I always say to swimmers, you're a good swimmer, but I'm turning you into a great swimmer. So they've got that motivation that they're doing really well, but they're still going to get better and they need their listening big ears to to get there. Yeah. <laughs> excitement, isn't it? When they come back to the pool from having a substantial time off, they think, great, I can go swimming again. I've been let out of the house and it's not school, it's something fun. Managing that excitement, but channeling it in a positive way for definitely conversation and familiarity. We found that hugely with Jacob. I mean, he's not autistic and he would be the strongest swimmer of my two boys. And didn't we, Steph? We went to do something at the pools. And he wouldn't get in the water. He was petrified and he was trying to climb out the pool. And, you know, this was my kid. This was my stronger swimmer. He was jumping in. He was excelling. I think the same with Elijah, wasn't it? He was your stronger swimmer, Steph. And they were just a bit, whereas the two that weren't as strong swimmers, actually, for some reason, something had clicked and they were like, yeah, yeah, we can do this. It's like stage fright, isn't it? Well, my my little girl, she went from absolutely hating being in the pool and she came back after lockdown and has suddenly decided that she is some sort of mermaid. Although part of that is actually down to the turtle pack, like yeah. <laughs> because she feels like she's not going to sink. Yeah. She's more than happy to just get on and do it. And my my little boy, he was swimming sort of 75, 100 metres before lockdown and the first time back in the pool he didn't look like he was going to make it sort of a width across the pool by himself yeah he, he he's got it back really really quickly but I just think that there might be a lot of parents out there looking at their kids going oh god 
God, what's happened? That's normal, though. I think from a parent perspective, like they've invested into lessons, like it's a long term commitment, not a quick fix. And again, depending on the age of the child, some of them will have that muscle memory and a couple of weeks they might be a bit rusty and then pick it up. And then others, they've probably gone back a couple of stages and just need the reminder of the basics to then push them forwards again. So there's definitely been a spectrum of outcomes from the coronavirus break, but you take what you presented and you push forwards and support them and keep building their confidence along the way for some children their confidence is going to need a lot of building up because they'll be disappointed that they can't do the same things that they could do before but I always say to my swimmers that nobody's good or bad at things it just depends how much practice you have yeah it's not even like a holiday isn't it where you go away you practice and things like that we haven't been allowed out of houses. So even taking a step out the front door and going down the road to the shop or something that like that, all of a sudden can be quite nerve wracking and present anxiety, even if that person wasn't necessarily anxious beforehand. So overcoming the day to day to then adding in school and swimming lessons, it's naturally going to have the challenges. So definitely positivity, consistency is uh, a great way forward. Have you seen any examples of children with ASD or perhaps any comorbid conditions making progress with their speech and their motor skills that can be particularly attributed to the work that you do in the pool? I read this and I was like, that's a very, very good question. (laughs) So I've had swimmers with ASD and ADHD combined, solely ASD. I've had ASD and dyspraxia. And they all have their own challenges. And even two swimmers with, say, ASD and ADHD present very differently. So definitely understanding the child and the repetition that's included and managing changing lessons definitely helps and particularly brings on motor skills. Because obviously swimming is great fitness, isn't it? It's not like going to the gym and working on one muscle. You're actually working several at one time. So that certainly helped. The speed at which the motor and language skills develop varies from swimmer to swimmer, depending whether they're nonverbal or whether they are able to communicate and just maybe slightly behind the average age as such. But yeah, definitely having the relationship with the same teacher, attending consistently, practicing at home as well as in the pool definitely helps bring on those motor skills. So they've all developed. It's just every rate has been different because it's interesting you say about you know swimming being the best form of exercise it really is I mean we had we've had several chats Henry's got a heart condition and once you get the right equipment and the right pool temperature because obviously a degree can vary from a child being blue to a child being able to be in the water half an hour Mm. an hour it is the best form of exercise for, for a child with a heart condition it's just having the swim teachers that understand the child we have been very lucky as a family that Steph has taught Henry you know she's kind of understood Henry and we've both kind of looked at each other go right now he has to get out because he's turning blue um but it you know it's nice to see happening for all children it's it's just a great form of exercise and to help all those core core muscles and strengthen those I think it's also worth noting there as well that it can be very 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 low impact so those swimmers that are maybe in rehabilitation or having physio and 
things like that you can make it very very easy from just floating a little bit of leg kick it doesn't mean that when you go swimming you're hashing lengths up and down all the time it can be varied completely pretty much to every condition definitely and for where parents and some teachers have got a very open dialogue with each other then you're quite often able to combine bits from various therapies to benefit the child aren't you just by incorporating them in the lesson yeah definitely and that's where having that open communication constantly is really important and sometimes there is a comorbid condition or there's suspected autism or something like that that process for diagnosis can be quite long-winded especially when you've had a break like coronavirus everything seems to be delayed at the moment that every time there's a change whether it's noticed at home or whether it's a new diagnosis you know it's really encouraged that you share that the more open the communication is the better you can meet the needs of the child and the better you can progress because you're not playing a guessing game all the time. You know, you're able to work together for a positive outcome. And ultimately, the shared interest is having this child safe in the water and learning to swim. Everything, though, it's not just swimming. If you can be open with horse riding, with teachers, with speech therapists, with occupational therapists, whatever, with the school, whatever team is around that child if you have a strong scaffolding support around that child the more they're going to excel because everyone's on the same page I quite often if we've had a bad weekend uh Henry has speech on a Monday and I'll quite often message Michelle and say he's had a bad week you know you might want to vary something not be as hard on him or whatever and at least she's coming with the information that okay, he's not on form at the moment, but we're going to do this. His one-to-one at school, she always knows that he's more on it on a Thursday after a swimming lesson on a Wednesday. I don't know if that's because of all the sensory input that he's had from swimming, but on a Thursday, he's on it. Um, and they can push that child and, and get him to do to do more and and try and get him to conform or behave yeah. and support is the foundation to success it is though one of the things that we did want to know Nicole is what would you say to parents out there who are struggling to get their children either into swim lessons initially or to get them back to the pool maybe they've had a bad lesson or a bad experience and they don't want to come back what would your advice be to those parents it's back to patience and support really and finding the right swim school if they haven't already to be able to provide that support they may be experienced or be an autism swim swim school as well another method is if they haven't yet started lessons but the parent would like them to start in the future is if they have a sibling and go to lessons just to observe the sibling so they get used to their like maybe one-way systems and you know the changing areas and seeing the teachers faces and the environment also talking with the swimmer you know saying oh your teacher's name will be Nicole for example and you know you'll be using swimming floats or you'll have a turtle pack and showing pictures and videos and things like that so making a a routine and social stories to help with introductions and change as well and there's quite a few options it just depends how best learns really and um and manages situations what i really like in preparing children for swim lessons is i really like the swim schools that will send out a picture of the swim teacher 
so that yeah. the parent can show the child beforehand and go, hey, look, this is Nicole. She's really lovely. She's going to be your swim teacher. Her job is to keep you safe and have lots of fun. I say that, but I also say to them, by the way, my photo on the website with my hair down is not what I look like in a swimming pool when I look like a drowned rat. <laughs> so it depends how like for like that photo is. We do do that. But often I don't look the same. <laughs> no, I bet you get people that bump into you in the street and they sort yeah. of look you up and down like, I know you. I know you. And then they go, oh, you're my kid's swimming teacher. I didn't recognise you with your clothes on. Yeah, literally. That's just what I was going to say. And I'm like, but often they don't say swimming teachers. They're just like, I'm not used to seeing you with your clothes. And I'm like, yes, I'll see you at the next swimming lesson in case there's anyone overhearing. A lot of kids as well think that you live in the swimming pool. They're like, what? You have a house? You're in the supermarket? you don't live in there like a mermaid yeah you get a lot of that don't you do you live here is this your house yeah the stuff they come out with though open yourself to a branch of insults but I just find them all funny (laughs) the joy of working with children yeah you can't take yourself too seriously can you no definitely not we know that there is not one size that fits all and that you pride yourself on having a swim school that teaches to every individual. Aside from teaching to individual, what would you say to any swim teacher who is looking for advice on teaching children on an autism spectrum disorder diagnosis? Absorb knowledge. That's what I did, especially if there was an element that I hadn't come across before or a certain behaviour or you know, likes and dislikes and things like that. I like to research and because no child is the same or person at all, one method works for one, won't translate to another. So being able to learn from colleagues, parents and communities, and I'm quite academic, so I look at research and things like that as well. But um, other professionals as well, like Autism Swim, that also have another community and other professionals worldwide. And through that, accumulating all of that knowledge definitely helps. And it's a support network as well for you. We love research. I'm I'm always looking out for evidence that we can use that's been peer reviewed. So that if somebody says to us, well, where's your evidence for that? I can go, bam, here you go. And it's a peer reviewed paper. Yeah. um... It's chatting to people, communicating and, you know, reaching out to different professionals because not every one person can do everything and if they say they can do everything they're they're lying everyone has different strengths and you know all kind of knitting and and branching out and helping each other because we know that a turtle pack might work for that child or a float cover might work for that child or this one teacher works with you know they work really well with that child and and what are they doing and how are they doing it and how can we learn as as professionals and as as individuals as parents as you know teachers how can we learn to change because you know with all children that are autistic or on the spectrum or have an invisible disability we can't expect them to come into our world all the time yeah we have to go into their world because the world would be a boring place if we didn't know about the atomic weight of uh the periodic mm. table or pirates or what, whatever else it is that the special interests are. The one thing that I love most is that it's a really rewarding job, but you're always growing. 
and evolving like when you think you've seen everything you really haven't and it's it doesn't get boring because of that it keeps you on your toes you know you learn children teach me as much as I like to think I teach them (laughs) Um, so it's just a great world to live in isn't it and I've got quite a childish sense of humour at times so being able to join in kids play and things like that and hear about their school day is actually quite lovely it's a nice break from being in business owner running a business and adulthood mode into let's go back and enjoy the real reason and the reason why I do this job and it's simply because I love it it's definitely fun part of our mission at Swirl Global is to build a community where we can sign post and inform we also sell sensory appropriate swimming aids check out our website at www.swirlglobal.com